I trust you can hear me? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Um, I just wonder, I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit just to welcome you all. I don't care if you've been here for years, if you're a founder member of Jubilee, or if you're just visiting for the first time. I just want to say welcome to the family of God's, believe, uh, God's children. We, we are a community of people who love God, and we want to um, see all that uh, is in the New Testament and the Old Testament of God in our community, in reality. Not just in words, but in reality. So welcome to that. That's our aspiration, and we'd really love you to um, just relax and enjoy what, what God is doing here. And, and I just trust that you are taken up this morning by the sense of God's love for you. You know, I couldn't, I, I, when, I, when I was going to start speaking today, I was going to say, I, I felt the Lord nudge me to say, you've got to anchor what you're saying today in, in one thing, which is this, that you need to know as a people, you are loved by God. There, I just, there is nothing, I'm, I'm talking on God, your healer, the first slide. This doesn't stand by itself. Understanding that God heals you comes from the love of God for you. And you need to know the love of God. Right, so we're starting a new series um, today. It's, it's a series on getting to know God. I'm sorry, I need my glasses to remind myself of my notes. Um, I can see that, but um, uh, the question is, how well do you know God? And I, and I want to ask you this question, is it's, when I got saved, see, there were a lot of people who knew about God. They had information in their brain about God, but they actually didn't know God. And there's a difference. You know, the, jubilee, the, the, the folk at Bethel use this, this word to explain intimacy. They call it, into you I see. Intimacy. You, you see into somebody. And so the question today for you is how well do you know God? Um, what we see and what, from what Amanda said, you see, God called himself the I Am. And God in the Old Testament made progressive revelations of who he was with time. And each one of those revelations is kind of an invitation for you to know God more. Ultimately, the ultimate was the revelation of God in Jesus. And in Jesus, we see God in the fullest form, right? But in, even in the Old Testament, and this is the, the word that we're looking at today, Yahweh Rophe, I am the God who heals you. So that's my, my topic for today. I've got three points like everybody else except Sarush. So I'm sorry. So what's in the name? Healing is part of the normal Christian life. The supernatural is normal. It almost sounds like an oxymoron, right? The supernormal is normal, but it is. And the reason is, uh, you're going to have to wait to that section. I won't, I won't jump ahead of myself. So what's in the name? Slide three. See, this scripture in Exodus 15, 26 says this. And sorry, as I go through this, you don't have to look up stuff in your, in, in your Bible. Um, I'm trying to rush through this um, because we've got 20 minutes and I, I want to I honor our, our sort of schedule. Um, so, so just listen. He, this is what he said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his de decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. That literally is Yahweh Rophe. I am the Lord who heals you. 
So we give our children names, Simon, Raj, Bob, you know, Bill, Ben, the flowerpot man, you know, all, all those kind of things. We give each other names. But when God gives himself a name, he does something different. He denotes his character, right? And um, I was talking with, with Simon yesterday, and, and he just said as quick as lightning, he said, ah, that means healing is not something that God does. It is who he is. And I just thought, wow, Simon, that was quite a revelation. I thought, well, well put. I couldn't have put it any better. So um, the fact is this. God does not change. God hasn't changed, and God is always the same. So if God is the God who heals, God is always the God who heals. So I'm going to take you through a little journey through the Old Testament, and I hope um, to encourage you. My purpose this morning is to encourage your faith. The Bible says our faith is of greater worth than gold. And if I can encourage your faith, then we've encouraged something that's the most valuable thing that we can have, which is, which is our faith, right? Now, Jesus teaches us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? And um, we can actually hallow God's name, Jehovah Rophe, when we pray. But it starts with this foundation of knowing that we are children of, of the Most High God. We, we are not orphans anymore. We are not abandoned, but we are deeply loved. So next slide. So this is my, my first scripture. When I, when I read this in the Bible, it really offended me. I first couldn't believe it was in the Bible. Somebody read it, and then I thought, no way. This is, this is not in the Bible. It just seems to go against all my theology, right? So sometimes your theology is wrong, and I just want you to read this and then listen. Just, just listen to this. Elisha died and was buried. Now Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Once, while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders. So they threw the man's body into Elisha's tomb. And when the body touched Elisha's bone, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. I didn't even know that was in the Bible. I mean, where does that come from? You know, how, how do you get a story like that? I mean, it, it really freaked me out because both men were dead, right? Did, did, did the man who was dead have faith? No. Did the man who was praying for him have faith? No, they were both dead. The one, has, one was bones and the other was being buried. And what you see in this is the nature of God. It's the character of God to heal. But what was special about um, Elisha? Well, Elisha was anointed. You see, he had a double anointing from God. And, and it's like a prophetic picture of what's going to happen in the future. You see, in the future, Jesus said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has, what? Anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? The anointed one came and people pressed him to touch him and those who touched him were healed. Wow. Next slide. So he has another unusual story in the Bible. It's also in the Old Testament, just, just bear in mind. So in Numbers 21, 6, this is what it says. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes amongst them, and they bit the people, and many Israelites died. The Israelites had been complaining, uh, and God sent some snakes, and then the, 
The people then came to Moses and said, We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole, and anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then anyone who was bitten by a snake and looked at that snake, they lived. And let me ask you, who else was raised up high and then people looked at him? They are healed. It's Jesus. Wow. You see, this is again a foreshadowing in the Old Testament of Jesus. Jesus being raised up on the cross. I don't know if you can see. Oh, they did. They come out okay. I wasn't sure how the pictures would come out on, on the projector. Um, this is what Jesus said in John 3, 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. In the Old Testament, God's the same. You know, I often come across people who believe God is at a, a public relations makeover in the New Testament. You know, it's not true. The same God who revealed himself thousands of years ago as the God who heals, heals today. Next slide. So this is Jesus being raised on the cross. And this is what it says in Isaiah 53, 4, which again is up there. You can read it. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. You see, Jesus raised on the cross wasn't just for our sins. We love preaching sins forgiven on the cross. And I do, I do too. That was the way that Jesus made for you to come back into relationship with him. Anything that stops you coming into relationship with Christ is sin. And Jesus dealt with that on the cross. But there's more than that in the cross, right? There is healing. So the broken body, when, I break the, when we have um, breaking of bread here, I always remember the blood of Jesus for my sins and the broken body of Jesus for my healing. It's part of the covenant that God made. And so the foreshadowing ended up in Jesus looking like a covenant that was made between us. And a covenant is, is God's covenant. God does not break his covenant. So God heals today. Amen. Next slide. Now, the book we are using, which is um, for this series, is called, oh, I've just forgot it. Anyway, Incomparable, sorry. And it, it just says this very simply about the healings that Jesus carried out. There were too many to comment about them. They are overwhelming. And I, I want to tell you, that's the truth. The truth is if you, if you just even slightly read any of the Gospels, you will be overwhelmed by the miraculous. I remember running a Bible study at Cambridge for, on, on Mark uh, for a group of friends who, who were just looking, right? None of them were saved. We, we got to the stage where Jesus did one healing and they were all freaked out because it was impossible. God couldn't heal. Do, do you know that the, the evidence of God's healing is just, was just overwhelming for them and they couldn't cope with it because it was not possible. In, in the atheist mind, it's very, very difficult when you encounter a miracle. It's the end of your theology. 
right? Or your lack of theology, you know? And, and in the, it was the same for me. When I got saved, we, we saw, my whole family virtually got saved. I'm one of eight children, right? In case you're wondering, my accent's South African, and God called me to England to help English people speak properly. So <laughs> I'm, I'm still working really, really hard at that. Um, so I've just got distracted now. It's my worst thing. <laughs> um, what was I talking about? One of eight kids, yeah. So the fact is that um, we saw somebody's leg jump out. And I'm sorry, I just want to be really clear with you. This man's leg was like this. He walked in hobbling. And the man prayed for him. He was nothing special. He just said, in Jesus' name, be healed. And this leg shot out at a pace. It freaked, uh, it freaked out. It's just not possible, right? It's the supernatural is not natural. It's just God doing his thing and having fun. And, and I just looked at it. it. It actually led to six of the eight children in my family being saved and my parents. My dad went to a meeting next, the next night, by the way. He wasn't there at that one where somebody got healed. And he, it was just a prayer meeting, praying for political change in South Africa. And my dad left there and he said, I don't care what it costs me. So I want what these people have got. And, and almost that's what it takes to become a Christian. I don't care what it costs. I want what I see. So Jesus was willing to heal. And I just love the story of the man who was a leper who came to Jesus and he said, this is what it says, a man with leprosy came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. You see, this man came to Jesus with loads of faith. It wasn't like the dead man with Elisha. This man came to Jesus with lots of faith and the only thing he said was, if you are willing, that was all. He said, if you want to, you can do it. Wow, what faith. What faith. And I love that story. But the next one speaks to me more. This is the man whose son was demonically possessed and chucking him into fires and all sorts of horrible things. And Jesus asked the, the boy's father, how long has he been like that? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. I mean, I've been there where I took my son Joshua to every place that we thought we could to try and get him better. And I was there, if you can, if you can do anything, Jesus, you know. But that is enough faith. That seems to me to be like the most scrapingly low level of faith that you can have and just by the, you know, the, the chin of your chinny chin chin, you know, the skin of your chinny chin chin, you just sort of get into the place of faith. But even then, that guy was healed and he was delivered. Wow, what an amazing God. I am the God who heals you. It's God who does it. The wonderful thing to me that Jesus said is this, truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will also do. And greater works than these will he do because I go to the Father. Wow. Next slide, please. Sorry, I forgot to point out that that was my second point. I've moved from my first point rapidly onto my second point. <laughs> um, I, I have been captivated by the Great Commission. And this is the Great Commission in Mark 
It just simply says, go into the world and preach the gospel. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick people and they will get well. The thing that's captivated me about this for months since uh, I did a thing on this in, in our community group, it's, it's this, is that Jesus could so easily have decided to do the job himself. Have you ever thought about it? He didn't need you, right? But he chose to work with you. And this is something Bill Johnson calls, we have a co-mission with Christ. We get to work with God for the fulfilling of this purpose, to go into the world. Now, also notice something. It says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who are apostles. Does it say that? No. It says, these signs will follow those who are high up in the church. Nope, it doesn't say that either. It says these signs will follow those who believe. The believers will do this. They will do all these supernatural things. That is your destiny as believers. It's not for the elders or apostles or everybody. It's for believers. It's a sign that will follow those who believe. So when I've read that before, I've always thought these signs will follow those who go. It was, a, it was the going things, the apostles, right? the sent ones. No, it's those who believe the word that the apostles said. That's you. And I just want to say, I know it sounds, it sounds obvious, I just want to be really, really clear with you. The supernatural is supernatural. It's not you. I, I was praying once in a village in, in, in South Africa uh, where, where witchcraft was quite strong, actually, and, and they'd never really heard the gospel. And there was a language problem, and we had one translator, and there were like 20 of us praying for people. So... What happened is this, people would come and you'd say, in the name of Jesus, please be healed. And before you could finish this, they'd turn around and walk away. And the first person I was really quite offended by. So I called the, the translator and he said, he said, Dennis, they just walk away when they're healed. <laughs> they just go, right? So I thought, oh, I haven't even finished my prayer. And the, the, the thing that really struck me about that afterwards, it's, it's not me. It's God. And honestly, you just need to open your eyes and watch God. God is moving. God hasn't changed. The character of God still hasn't changed, right? Um, I, I have part of what captivates me about this, and it's just, I just forgive me for hopping on this, this, the great commission is this. You plus God is always greater than you. If your vision is just you plus God equals something you can do by yourself, then I just wonder what it is you're doing. There must always be an element to, to our calling that is beyond us. You cannot do any of these things, right? And there, there's a sense, you know, I, I feel God called me to do some things and I honestly don't know how to do them. And I just feel God's encouragement to me to say, that's okay. One step of obedience at a time. And if I can encourage you in that in the area of healing, one step of obedience at, time, at a time. It's not you, it's God, right? I can't reach the whole world, but it doesn't matter. I can reach Wilton, right? How do I do that? I don't know. One step at a time. One step at a time. The, this, the, the context of healing is reaching out to people in the love of God. 
That's how it works. The supernatural comes in the context of go and these signs will follow. They will also go. It's reaching out to people and reaching out to this world. But I'm going to rush through this next slide. This will give you some examples. The purpose of this slide is very, very simple. It's just to tell you that other people other than the apostles healed, right? Paul healed. Great. He was an apostle, but he did extraordinary things, right? Paul did. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hand of Paul. That means they were ordinary miracles. I love that. Chris Follerton of Bethel points it out. He says if they were extraordinary ones, they were ordinary ones too, right? We, we just want to, we want to, I'm, I'm quite happy for ordinary ones, but I want to see extraordinary ones. Paul didn't even have to actually be there to touch them. God, anything that touched Paul that touched anybody else, they got healed. Stephen, a deacon, right, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs, and so was Philip, right? And so can you. I'm going to jump the slide. We can go to the next slide. I'm just going to rush for, for time. This slide is interesting. The last slide is this. Is, um, if you just go forward one. No, sorry, back one. That's the one. See, I love this scripture. Signs and wonders were performed among you with perseverance. Christians, we need perseverance in the miraculous. We need to persevere in the miraculous. Do not give up. It's perhaps the most important thing I can say. It's a great Christian virtue, but we don't often apply it to the miraculous. We want to apply persevering in all the areas where it's not just us, it's God. Persevere in words of knowledge. Persevere in the prophetic. Persevere in, in the tongues. Persevere in healing. We want to persevere and not give up, right? Do not give up. Next slide. So here's, that's the end of slide two. This is something I don't know if you can see. The picture on the left is the Hall of Fame in the Smith House. Literally, that is uh, loads of little lines drawn up on a wall where we line the children up at various ages and we draw a line, put a book on their head. I'm sure you've all done that. And a little line under to say that and we measure with the tape, measure their heart and we write the date. That's the Smith Hall of Fame, right? Now in the Smith household, you might be dying, but if you're growing tall, it's okay, right? <laughs> so, uh, this is my Joshua story. My Joshua got sick just before that blue line starts on the right and that chart on the right. So that's time on the back, on the axis, and on the vertical axis is height in centimeters. So Josh, when he got sick, he was just a little less than 150 centimeters tall, and he got ME, right? At first, we had no clue what ME was, and we just thought he had a tummy bug and a this and a that, and Eventually, Josh started to get significantly worse. And every time I prayed, God said to me, do not worry. And this was in 2008 that it started. And by two, the end of 2009, I said to God, God, look at me. I'm worried. I define worry, right? What are you going to say? And God gave a word to us, which is instead of don't worry, God said to, to us, um, 2010 will be a breakthrough year. And I thought, woohoo, I've heard God. It's wonderful. I told everybody, right? Only problem was, by the end of 2010, Josh was actually looked like he was nearly dead. He kind of died, right? His body mass index was 11. For those of you who struggle with high body mass index, that, that is on the wrong side of, of, of comfortable, right? And he was in hospital, and you know, I was, I, was, I was at the point of giving up. But on the very last day of 2010, there was a breakthrough in Josh's condition. And, and you can see that big gap, and then there's a dot in 2011, 
Josh couldn't stand during this period, and that was the first time that he could stand. So over that period, we measured his height. He grew on average one centimeter a year for three years, right? That's just vir virtually nothing. After that, he grew 10 centimeters a year on average for the next four years. Wow, it was amazing. God had done something, and God, Josh's condition has completely changed. So he's now nearly as tall as I am. So it's amazing. Isn't that wonderful? What a, if I, so I just wanted to testify that God is good and that God is faithful. And what I wanted to pull out of the story for you to encourage you is that actually words of knowledge about healing are very wonderful things. They're an invitation almost to have faith in God. Well, they are. They're an explicit invitation to trust God for something. If somebody comes to you and says, Dennis, uh, I've got this word about this, and it's, wow, it's an invitation to, to let your faith rise. Last, last thing, and then I'm finished. This is my um, brother-in-law and sister. My sister's Angie, Angela, and she married this guy, Gary, uh, well, quite a while ago, but 30 years ago, my brother Gary, my brother-in-law Gary, got unwell. He, he had a sense that he felt like he was being choked, and they put him on every machine that they had and couldn't find what was going on. Somebody, my mother, is actually an intercessor. She prayed, and she said, God's given me this really weird word, so sometimes if you get really weird words, it's okay. You know, that can be amazingly accurate right? and change people's situation. So the, the word was about his work. Yeah, he's sick, and he gets a word about his work. She said, I see you at work, and I see you having to lay off a guy, and this guy went off and placed a curse on you. He was a, a Hindu, and uh, um, I just feel we need to break this curse. So they did, and he was healed instantly. Now, 30 years later, there he is in New Zealand, looking ridiculously happy, still alive and well, right? And what is the message there? The message there, well, again, words of knowledge are wonderful things, right? And also, um, we're in a spiritual battle. There is spiritual battle going on. And, and I, just, I just want to encourage you, not related to that story at all, I just felt prompted in my heart that if there are issues in your life that you've had, where you've had involvement with either the occult or anything to do with that, the time is now to throw it away. Take the books, the paraphernalia, rings, uh, any artifacts that you've got from these things and literally either burn them or throw them away. You will discover incredible freedom from putting the past in the past. The, the Bible says this, the old has gone and the new has come. You don't want the old. You don't want to resurrect the old. It's gone. We're done. Actually, I can, I can share more, but I think we're done in the time we've got, and Sarusha is going to take over. Amazing. Praise God. Praise God for faithful people. Praise God for what he does. Um, I mean, the testimony that Dennis just gave about his son, Josh, it was amazing. After he got healed, I saw him at New Day. We were there. And Josh, who was at the hospital the year before and couldn't move at all, was playing football there. And I was just wondering, I, the only thing I could say was, well, God's goodness, but then also the faithfulness of his parents. So there's something about the faith that God has given us. Uh, I'm going to ask if you...